The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by that in barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. You see these transfer portal numbers. It will um, blow your mind. Blow your mind. Brandon Marcello, 247 Sports, uh, put out an article a couple days ago, and um, he talked to some college coaches around the country about, about the portal. Some very powerful quotes here. One Power 5 assistant coach said, uh, there's so much change, I don't know where to start. You feel sorry for all these kids that won't get a chance to get a degree because they entered the portal with nowhere to go. For every star like Caleb Williams, who was the number one overall recruit in 2021, there are three others left in the cold. Nearly three out of four Power 5 players who enter the portal, and this was from the 2019-2020 cycle, nearly three out of four players who played at Power 5 schools and entered the portal did not land at another Power 5 program and nearly have 47.2% did not find a new home or fell to the FCS or junior college ranking ranks according to the numbers compiled uh, by 247 Sports. Only 37.8% of FBS scholarship players landed at another FBS school. <laughs> Woo! One coach says, Everyone is tampering. We all do it. At this point, it's like going 65 miles per hour in a 55. What are you going to do with it? There needs to be parameters. NFL free agency start to end on certain dates, and we need to do that with the portal. That's the number that's number one. They have to protect kids from themselves and make it fair for our rosters because it's impossible the way it is set up today. So you just gotta you have to sprint. And deal with the crap the way it is. If you're Tennessee or any program in the country, there's major changes that need to happen, but you got to deal with those changes. And the NIL plus the transfer portal makes it a whole lot harder, but you got to just handle it until there's some type of regulation, until there's some type of um, rule change. But one veteran assistant coach says, glad I am at the end of my career. This ish is getting crazy. Pretty much. Why I have said numerous times that I would rather be in the NFL than in college if I were a football coach. Yeah. And this is why I said the coaches who are authentic, the coaches who are real, the genuine coaches that that care about their players, those are the coaches that will survive, that will be able to attract players to their program 
and limit a mass number of players leaving their program. If you are a fraud, it's going to be easy to tell. It's going to be easy to tell. So I think that is happening. I think there's a reason why guys are going to Arkansas. Arkansas is one of, I mean, you got Arkansas, you got Shane Beamer. I mean, they'll, I've, I haven't heard one bad thing about them as people. As people, not one bad thing. And I think they're benefiting in the portal because of that. But, yeah, these numbers are crazy, man. Like, three out of four, almost three out of four guys that go to the portal don't really find a a a a a a place i figured that was the case i i i didn't think it would be that big though like like it's not surprising to me that the numbers indicate that players who enter the portal are having a hard time finding a home i just didn't think the number was that big yeah that is a big number i mean i think we've seen it with some of uh tennessee's recent transfer entries i guarantee you Harrison Bailey, when he opted out of the last couple of games mm-hmm. to transfer, he did not envision transferring to UNLV. No, no. I mean, he he is one of these uh, players that fall into this you know, three out of four because UNLV is not a power five program. So three out of four players from power five schools who enter the portal, they do not land at another Power 5 program. Harrison Bailey did not land at a Power 5 program. So, uh, Brian Maurer, a little different situation than than Harrison Bailey, but I bet when he entered the portal, he didn't think he was going to end up at Stephen F. Austin, an FCS program in the middle of Texas. Yeah. yeah so. He's a guy that started against Alabama in Tuscaloosa, in Neyland Stadium against Georgia, and threw an absolute dime to Marquez Galloway. To, to start the game. <laughs> I mean, things changed fast, didn't they? Yes. It, it's just college football. College athletics is is just mass chaos right now. I, I am so, so glad I am not a college coach. I, I couldn't do it. I could not do it. Rough, man. Text box time. ATL VFL says teams will start signing less high school players, too. Yep, unless and unless those players can be early enrollees, I think you're gonna see more more early enrollees around the country. There was a school in Texas, either North Texas or UTSA, I believe, that did not sign a high school kid last cycle. Only went out and got transfers. I think it was UTSA because UTSA had a good year this past year. Um. By, by their standards and within their conference, won the Conference USA. And it was a big storyline that, hey, they, they did it with a bunch of transfers because the year prior, they, they only signed transfers. That, that's all they did. They didn't sign a single high school recruit. Yep. For some schools, that's, that's, that's going to be the move for them. Um, ATL VFL says, I think non-starters are always going to transfer from now on, regardless of culture, culture, yeah, I mean, you'll have guys that like Chris Akprogane. I mean, there ain't nothing wrong with Tennessee football culture right now, as opposed to you know, 
18 months ago. But if he wants to play, he, he has to go somewhere else to do it. So you're always going to have transfers. What I'm talking about is the mass exodus of, of players who are playing. And you hear about some of the smoke that goes around, uh, going on around the program. You can put two or two together and say, it's probably, it's probably something going on inside that locker room. But the one-time transfer rule gives those guys a quick quick out. So these coaches, I think it gives them every um, bit of, of, of motivation and for, for them to be authentic. You can't trick kids and, and hold them hostage for three or four years anymore. And the moment they sniff fake, they'll leave. If you lie to them, they'll leave. Uh, Z. Hampton says, is, is there a chance all this gets so out of control they just stop it completely? Talking about the portal and NIL. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can stop the NIL. Um, you, can, you can try to regulate it better and provide, you know, make schools provide paperwork and things like that to make it a little bit more difficult to go out and uh, just get players in high school to pay them using NIL, but I mean, there's still ways to, to, to do it. You just make people jump through more hoops and provide more documentation. I think that's what you may see moving forward, but there's no stopping NIL. Um, as far as the portal, I don't think you can go back on the one-time transfer. I mean, you may tweak the windows of when someone can go into the portal, but I don't think you can go back. The pro- and even the problem with tweaking the window is like off the bat, like it, it sounds great to say that, okay, at the end of the football season, and, and when do you dictate when the end of the football season is, is it at the conclusion of the regular season? Is it at the conclusion of the national championship game? Is it at the conclusion of a team's bowl game? I think you'd have to have a college football-wide end of the season and then implement three to four weeks of, hey, now you can enter the portal. But even that, like, I think is somewhat unfair. Like, I'm all for that in theory, but is it fair to to make a kid make a life-changing decisions over the course of three weeks. This is a huge, huge decision to make on on where to transfer to, and I don't know that I like telling a kid that he only has three weeks to make that decision. Not not saying that it's impossible, but I just would prefer not to put those restraints on a kid. Yeah. So, like, A, how do you dictate when the end of the season is to to have this window of, of opportunity for players to enter the portal, and B, is it really fair to to tell a kid he only has two, three, four, five weeks to make a decision on where to transfer to? Like it, it can be done. I would just prefer not to put that restraint on a kid. A lot to think about. A big bad voodoo Nate says. Uh, so what you're saying, Swain, is that Tennessee is not going to be with seventy scholarship players in the fall? Uh, yeah, we'll be operating in the eighties during the fall. Um. Coach S.A.J. says, uh, the Swain event, most informative shows last week. No show in town has done as well. And uh, 
as we know, definitely not the paper who let us know the hypo uh, measuring stick is Beamer. I almost vomited. Uh, I didn't even see that. Did you see that? No. Yeah, I didn't even see the uh, the paper. I I don't look at the paper. I I don't. I, I, Outside of my guy Mike Wilson, I don't I don't see anything at the paper. Yeah, Sorry. I might see some tweets here and there, and you know if it catches my eye, I might I may check it out, but. I don't really pay attention to the paper. So I did not see the article about Hypo and, and Beamer. Um, did not did not did not see that at all. We know Coach SAJ can't stand that paper. Oh, I know now. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I mean that was one of the first things he told us when we met him in person. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that is <laughs> that is right. That is right. Eight six five two hundred fifty five oh three. Is there a limit on preferred walk-ons? There's a there's a limit on players that you can that you can take on the road when you play SEC teams. I think there's a limit on total roster size, and I, it's like a hundred or something. Well, well, when you play on the road, yes, and there's that in the SEC. There, there's a limit of people that you can bring when you're at home. Um, and then like seventy something. I mean, I. 70, 75 it's, that it's, you can take? Yeah, somewhere around there. It's a different number when you're at home. At uh, home, you can dress yeah. anybody. Yeah. it's it's So, the 85 scholarship number, those are the guys that, that, that you are bringing on scholarship. That's your limit. But for a walk-on, you can, you can have a whole lot more. So... This is this is why it's important for Tennessee to do a better job in that area. Not saying that you're going to go out and get a four star player to agree to be a walk on, um, but you can improve your roster overall with some of these PWO moves that Tennessee has made in the last couple of weeks. Seventy can travel. Seventy. Yep. Seventy. Can I know it's travel. different. Yep. Because I remember, I remember guys, you know, in practice coaches were like, "Hey, we'll we'll leave your ass home." Yep. <laughs> And guys, get their behinds left home. We'll leave you home. If you ain't ready to play, we'll leave you home. It's on 70. It's going to get on that bus. Oh, I remember those those talks. Yep. And then for home games, everybody can dress out. I, I don't know the exact number of how many people can be in a program in totality. Obviously, there's the 85 scholarship limit. But then I, I think just in general, you can have like 100 people in the program or, or something like that. Between Dooley, Butch, and Pruitt, there's one of those coaches that did not allow as many walk-ons to dress out and be a part of the home atmosphere or even be on the ball walk. And there was a bunch of push pushback about that. Rightfully because, so. Because, and I remember, it might have, it might have been Butch. It, that sounds like I don't remember that, which would make me think that it was a Dooley thing. Maybe it was Butch. Maybe. Dooley or Butch, one of those two. But I remember like commenting on it that those walk-ons put a lot of work in during the week. Mm-hmm. And the one way you can reward them by yep. is allowing them to do the ball walk and being part of – Run through know, the tee. Yeah, run through the tee and all that stuff. And I, I get it. Like the, the organization um, on the sideline, in-game, and making sure that your units are in the right place. Sometimes they can be crowded on the sideline. I totally get that. But – uh, you make the guys, you know, stand back, put some protocols in place, make them, you know, be in a certain area so that way it does not interfere with 
units changing um, from possession to possession. I mean, you had a sudden change. You got to go boom, special teams. You don't be able to, to get your guys all on that mat to have 11 circles to make sure you have everybody in place. So, And some of those walk-ons are legitimately liked by the scholarship players. And their their voice, some of them are valuable on on the sideline. Like Grant Furking, like all those other receivers like Grant. And you watch Grant on the sideline, and, and he's always, you know, in somebody's ear trying to bring some positivity. And Marcus Pierce for the running backs, a younger running back room. Not not all walk-ons are, are built equal, but but some of them do do carry weight within the locker room. Paul Bain, so, some of those guys absolutely deserve to 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 be dressed out. And plus, I mean, you essentially put them through hell throughout the course of the week. Yeah. Especially, forget just over the course of the week during the season, they deserve to to dress out and go through the fall walk and wear the power tee and, and run through the tee because of fall camp. Yeah. Fall, fall camp is, I bet, miserable for walk-ons. Yeah. They do. They do everything that we do. I mean, the summer conditioning, they have to they have to show up to every every workout, fall, camp. They are out there out there with every other player, same temperature. I mean, so you know, you you show them love and appreciation by allowing them to be a part of um ball walk, running through the tee, and giving them a fair shot uh, of earning some time on special teams or anywhere else if they if they deserve it. So this. Uh, we got some good stuff here on the text box that we'll get to when we come back from, from break. Our number two is brought to you by Action 247, Tennessee's only legal sports book, where you use the promo code Swain Event on your first deposit. Your first deposit, and you can get a match up to $800, a 100% match. That is from Action 247. Give them a follow on Twitter at TN. Action 247. Be right back. I'm Vince Moore, wide receiver, VFL 1991, and you're listening to the Swain Event. In this day and age, the way we work is changing and evolving. Businesses still moving forward despite your work location changing and supply shortages affecting a number of different areas. Office furniture is not immune to the halt in the supply chain. This is why Office Furniture Outfitters has purchased desks, chairs, and tables in bulk to provide you with in-stock options for your place of business, no matter if it's in an office building or at your house. Office Furniture Outfitters is the local supplier for Herman Miller, and they keep Aeron chairs in stock. They will come to your office, lay out, and make recommendations. No project is too big or too small. You can visit them on location at 17th Street and Grand Avenue in the Fort Sanders area or online at OFONOX.com or give them a call at 865-524-3003. Office Furniture Outfitters, providing East Tennessee's biggest selection and best value for office furniture since 1995. Fellas. When it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. 
Denim isn't all they do though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself, but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you, because when you look good, you feel good. Go to MarkNelsonDenim.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home. event fueled by Daddy and Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. It's time for around the SEC. Let's go. Got some hoops tonight. Got some hoops tomorrow. Ben, put it on us, man. Put it on us, Ben. Remember the Florida linebacker we discussed last week, Tyron Hopper? You put your right foot in, you put your right foot out. You put your right foot in and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey. Yes, that, that is how it goes. And Tyron has been doing the hokey pokey because last week he entered the transfer portal. 30 minutes later, he re- removed his name from the transfer portal. And then yesterday, re-entered the transfer portal. So, yeah. And uh, Missouri is supposedly 
one to watch there because his brother, Tyrone Hopper, transferred to Missouri from North Carolina uh, a couple of, of weeks ago. Uh, Tyrone, the brother from North Carolina, is a grad transfer edge rusher and uh, will spend his seventh and final college football season at Missouri. Seventh. Seven college football seasons. He signed with North Carolina in the class of 2016. Let's think about this, Ben. He signed in 2016. <laughs> it's a long time. That, that was JG's class. It's a long time. Well, JG just finished up his last year. But he, but JG was even here forever because he redshirted and, and and then took advantage of the COVID year. Yeah. And this guy has another year. I mean, he, he's been playing college football longer than John Fulkerson has been playing college basketball. When you think, of, when you think about it that way, that's crazy. That is crazy. So you, we have a player that entered the portal and then withdrew his name. I mean, it wasn't even a couple days. Withdrew his name 30 minutes after entering. The first time. The first time. And then three, four days later, re-enters the portal. (laughs) Hey, remember last segment we talked about tampering and how it goes on. It's happening everywhere. There's nothing anyone can do about it. Um, That's an example of having a thought in your head about what's going to happen and where you're going to go, what you're going to do, and then you get into the portal, and then it doesn't work out, or there's something enticing you to, to stay or come back, and then you take your name out of the portal, and now you, you're back in. There's some type of miscommunication there with him. It's kind of easy to see, but it's happening all over the country. Yes. Tennessee had its own situation similar uh, to this. Uh, Lane Kiffin, we talked about all of the newness of Lane Kiffin going into year three in Oxford. He did make a coaching hire yesterday. Lane Kiffin hired Arkansas Corners coach Sam Carter to the same position. Uh, Sam Carter just wrapped up his second season on Sam Pittman's Arkansas staff, and he will replace former Ole Miss Corners coach Terrell Buckley, who was fired last week. Uh, Carter was previously at Missouri, where he worked under Barry Odom as a defensive quality control coach. And and this is why I will never be too angry about players transferring within the conference, because you have coaches doing the same thing. Coaches going from Arkansas to Ole Miss. Why can't a player? Players should be able to, but it's it has always been business for the coach. It's always been just about business. Now you're realizing that it is just business now with the players because they can move from Georgia to Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know, Miko Hartman played at Georgia, receiver from Kansas City. He had a social media post. Jermaine Burton did not like it. And I, I understand 
I understand both sides of it. Yep, Miko said. So you're telling me that you're transferring to the school that we just beat in the natty. You're transferring from a school that won the natty to a team that we beat in the natty. Yeah. How you go to a team we just beat and leave a team you won the natty with? And then Jermaine Burden responded on, on Twitter and says, Why it matter on who agree? Oof. You know this social media grammar that these that these kids that gotta get out there. Let me translate. Why does it matter on who agrees with me? That's the translation. My career, nobody else's. Which he's not wrong. Yeah, I mean it's your career. It's your decision. I. I, I actually understand like the decision. I would rather catch passes from Bryce Young and an Alabama offense than to be in Georgia's offense. I mean, you'd rather catch passes from Bryce Young instead of Stetson Bennett in Georgia's offense. I would rather I would rather play receiver in Alabama's offense than Georgia's offense. I just can't believe you wouldn't want to play with Stetson Bennett as a wide receiver. Nah, I'm good. I'd rather play with the quarterback that's more accurate. That's going to de- deliver me the ball. That's they put multiple guys in the league. Um, I I understand. Would you rather play with Stetson Bennett or Brian Maurer? Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett or Jared Garantano? Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett or Harrison Bailey? Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett or JT Shrout? Stetson Bennett. Fair enough. Every quarterback they played on the Jeremy Pruitt, I would rather play with Stetson Bennett. Keller Christ. I'm not answering that. Fine. Uh, two other quick portal notes. Lovacy Carroll. Hmm? I think that's how you pronounce it. How would you pronounce that that first name? Lovacy, Lovacy. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Lovacy Carroll, who was at Georgia, signed with Georgia as a running back. Then Kirby moved him to defensive back. Entered the portal after the season, and he is headed to South Carolina, where he will play running back. So Shane Beamer picks up another portal entry, and then Vanderbilt had yet another portal entry with uh, Jacquez Hunter, a defensive end. Clark Lee's had a lot of portal entries this this last month or so. I don't know. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like, your roster stinks. So theoretically, it's not good players entering the portal. But on the other hand, there's a bunch of players entering the portal from Vanderbilt. Like, how how do we look at that? Like, there's been a, I mean, there's probably I don't I don't know the official count, but I mean, I would say that there's been 15 or so players enter the portal from from Vanderbilt. Is that a good thing because the roster stinks and it's it's just bad players leaving? It's a good thing for Vanderbilt. I mean, the only way that that um, Vanderbilt with a new coach is going to improve the job from where he inherited is to get better players. And you, you're not going to out recruit teams in the SEC on uh, kids from high school, most cases, but you can improve your roster by getting into the portal because you still have something to sell. I mean, if a kid is in the portal and he, he's not getting any big time, SEC, FBS offers, 
and then Vanny comes calling, and Vanny is the only one. You want to play at Nevada, or do you want to play Vanderbilt and play in the SEC? Nevada. Well, for that player, they may say, hey, I would rather play in the SEC, go up against SEC talent, and uh, give me a nice little education and try to go to the league that way. Hey, Nevada made Colin Kaepernick the football player that he was. I guess. I guess. I just, I, guess. I don't know. Some of the, the transfers are, are starters, though. Like, both their starting safeties have entered the portal, starting linebackers, starting defensive linemen who transferred from Ohio State just a year ago. I, I mentioned their their tackle transfer earlier in the show. And, and ten, it, I mean, I, I think Tennessee is probably the favorite to land him. I mean, what does it really mean to be in a starter at Vanderbilt? It's like being the... Well, the, the tallest short person. Well, the for for Tyler Steen, the the tackle that could end up at Tennessee, and it, and maybe likely that he ends up at Tennessee, it's a great thing. I mean, he he Vanderbilt did not deserve him in the first place. Okay, I mean, he he was the best Vanderbilt player to step foot on that campus since Kari Blazing game left. Okay, I mean, Tyler Steen is just an absolute stud, stud muffin is, is what he is. But if you don't come to Tennessee then he is the, the tallest short person in the room. I just think it's an interesting conversation. Your roster stinks, so it's a good thing players are leaving. But also, you, you still need players, and it's not like they've had a bunch of players come to Vanderbilt from the portal. It's just fascinating. Speaking of the car, I felt bad when he dropped that ball. Yeah, I felt bad for him. My heart sunk. I was like, and then I was like, when, when did he change his number? He, he was rocking 41. Until his boy Zach Cunningham got there and dropped him, <laughs> dropped him the bag. Gave him, gave him some money so he can so he can, you know, get that 41. But um I felt bad for him because um that was during time where the Titans offense was just it was so stale and they just looked so flat and throws were off and you know, it just it just was flat. And uh, Am I allowed to blame Tannehill? I mean it was low and a little outside. Tanny Hill's fall. Hit him in the chest. Hit him in the numbers. Tanny Hill. Drop. It was a drop. Tanny Hill doesn't get the benefit of the doubt after that game. It was a drop. 865, 255. My heart <laughs> sunk when I, I was like, no. <laughs> he barely got the ball thrown to him all year. They throw it to him in the playoff game and he dropped it. Dang it. I felt so bad for him. <laughs> ATL VFL says, Do you think this will hurt players in the long run as college? Loyalty fades. Pro players and alumni may uh, not care as much and donate. No, I think um, I think the objective to win is what keeps people continuing to donate. Now, as fans, it may it may change you as a fan emotionally. It may change you as a fan emotionally because you understand that. A player is picking your school for a different reason than the reason why you love the school. It's it's so different when like a player picks Tennessee and they're like, man, the you know the tradition, and I picked the school, the tradition, I you know the fan base, and man, I, I, I love the stadium, and you know I just. I just want to give my all for Tennessee and, man, the relationship. Man, some of these kids are picking schools strictly off 
the deals. And as a fan, some, well, some, some are. I'm not gonna say all of them. I think that's that's sweeping, most sweeping generalization that we don't like as a fan base when people make it about us. I won't say all, but I'll say, you know, there's a lot of players who are making decisions based on the bag and making decisions based on, all right, this is the best place for me to, to go to the next level. It has nothing to do with the fan base. It has nothing to do with the tradition. They don't care what colors you They don't care about the colors. They don't, they don't care about any of that stuff. And uh, I think that changes the way you fan a little bit. For sure. No, for sure. These, these players do not care about the school the way that most people think that they do Not now your your evan russell's and john fulkerson's like those guys legitimately do but but they are far and in between i don't think it's far in between i don't think it's far in between i think it is. i think i think the the the, the top players that have been told they're going to the league and i mean I think it's pretty normal for those guys to, to be robotic and, and have a business mindset and, and pick schools based on uh, all right, which what school can get me to the pros or which one's gonna give me the bag. And that's the only two things that matter. That's the only factor that matters. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's far few in between to find you know guys like a like a like a John Fulkerson who really loves the school. Um, but they are more and more Henry Toe-Toes. I mean, him coming to Tennessee, guys, I've already tell you, that was that was all business. <laughs> and and I do believe that Henry T genuinely loved being at Tennessee. I mean, how how can you not when you when you get here? When he it, was, when he got here, he felt that way. But that wasn't the reason why he picked it. Correct. That, and that's what I was about to say is that like he he did love Tennessee. He really did. He he probably I guarantee you he misses Knoxville. Just Knoxville. It, itself and and the school itself, but that that's not what he is making decisions off of. His decisions are, are based off the bag and based off of getting to the league, and, and that's that's what ninety eight percent of recruits are are making decisions based off of. I mean, who who signed with Tennessee this past signing class that you can point to and. And say that they just they just love Tennessee. Addison Nichols. Yeah, I, I mean I, I only know this because I talked to him. Well, and because he has a bunch of ties to Knoxville. His grandparents are here, and Austin Price loves to point out that he knows uh, fine folks over there at Long's Drug Store. That's right. Yeah. So, I, but out of the twenty players that that we that we signed. 13 14 is going to be or 13 is going to be early enrollees. You do know that and not not all these guys got deals. Right. And, and and I'm not saying that that like the the guys that Tennessee signed don't like Tennessee. Like you can look at their their social media like Justin Williams and Taven Jackson and like you can see that like they they have fallen in love with Tennessee, but they're not coming to Tennessee because of their love for the university. They they made business decisions based off of where they thought was the best place for them from a business perspective and and, well, and, and trying to get to the league. I agree because I think most players are like that. Yes, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I was like that. The reason why I was like that because I didn't have any type of exposure to Tennessee 
as a youngster growing up, I didn't know the background right. of Tennessee. I didn't grow up as a Tennessee fan. Right. Um, you know, with Addison Nichols, there's, you know, family around him that have loyalty to Tennessee. So he was kind of um He had that background. Yeah, he was he was um you know kind of dunked in that Tennessee pool, so to speak. But most of us go to a school that checks the most boxes we feel comfortable with. And then when we get there, we, we learn about the history. We learn about uh, the standard. We learn about the, the, the fan base. Uh, and then you fall in love more and more and more because every single day you're literally putting your body on the line for the university and for the team and the program that you're playing with. And then you develop the relationships with your brothers. And then after a couple of years, it's like, this this is my this is my school. I love I love my school, and that's how I am. That's how I am now. But it didn't. That's not why I picked my. That's not why I picked Tennessee. Um, I didn't love any school. So, but yeah, I think you're right there. But be, and, and the point in me mentioning that, and it speaks to your original point, is that we as fans forget that when talking about players, and especially in this this new age of of player not saying that there is necessarily anything wrong with the new age of of player but i feel like there's less and less of that of players coming to a school for the school i i think that it is rare and like there's there's nothing wrong with guys making business decisions they need to do what's best for them and their family but we as fans forget that they're not coming to the school because of the vol walk and the power t and running through the t and the checkerboard end zones yeah. That that less, makes us feel good, but that's not why guys are coming to school in yeah, in any sport. Yeah, it's less of that. Yeah, it's less of that. Um, who's on the phone? Don. Don, good morning. Hey guys. Hey Don. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you're talking about some of this stuff. Ben, I want to ask you a couple of questions in recruiting type uh, deal. Yes, sir. And I've talked to I've talked to Brent and different ones over the years, and I'm still confused about the hard 25 when I look at the rankings from the various <clears throat> sites and I see 27, 28, and this is after signing the original signing date. And I'm like, okay, there's really not a hard 25. You can, to, how do you say there's a hard 25? And, and some of these schools are still out trying to recruit people for the next signing date. Right. Well, I, th- I think in some instances, it a, a blue shirt or a, a gray shirt can can be involved to where the, a kid may not enroll with the rest of his signing class in okay. order for his number not to count until the the next year. And okay, there there's so many different ins and outs with with those type of deals that that it's it's hard to all keep straight. Well, yeah, yeah, it definitely is hard to keep straight. It's why it's I mean, a finagle system there. Oh, I mean, oh, and y'all Butch used to really finagle it. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, talking about these players, why they come to school and stuff like that, our receiver we thought was coming here, Mr. Naylor. Mm-hmm. I, I, whatever reason he went to Texas, being at home, whatever, uh, my biggest problem was I think we might have passed on some other receivers because, you know, Butch and them, Butch, sorry, Hype on them thought they had him, you know, committed. But I guarantee you we one did, thing. I, we didn't pass I, him. I, 
No, I know you didn't. I remember you talking about it. No, but... I'm saying we, we, we didn't pass on any receivers. Oh, with, oh okay. With and, oh, okay. Uh, uh, not getting Nayor. Well, now now you, you are looking at uh, Brew McCoy, the former five-star receiver right. that is uh, at USC. So as soon as his stuff gets uh, handled at USC, his case is closed, uh, then I think Tennessee's in a position to, to add him. So uh, he's a well, different you, type of body, but he's, he's – He's, he's good, too. Well, you know, one of the things, and, and I hope it's good uh, for him, uh, I'm not, you know, wishing bad on him, but if you watch the uh, receiver does that with, uh, I guess it was the Bills, that was ripping up Kansas City's defense that's uh, kind of a hyper disciple. I hope him and, and what we had last year in number four, I'd almost, you know, if I had to bet, I would bet he would have had a, more uh, numbers-wise, et cetera, career here than he's going to get in Texas. Right? Who's going to be even throwing the ball to him in Texas? Uh, Ewers, Quinn Ewers. They, they, they've got some big names over there, but nobody established like a Hendon Hooker. No. But it, yeah. but it wasn't really a – it wasn't necessarily a football decision for Isaiah yeah. Nayor. I know. Well, and yours may turn out great. He may be the next uh, – Joe Burrow that couldn't get on the field at Ohio State and then went on to be better than the people he couldn't get in front of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Justin Fields is young, and he may still, you know, take off for you there. But uh, what Burrow did at LSU and then followed it up, has followed it up in the NFL, you're like, what did they not see in Joe Burrow? I mean, Yes, he was behind the first-round draft choice at Washington that is Washington and washed out. And <laughs> Dwayne Haskins. Yep. And then there was another one there, I forget, and he ended up as a wide receiver when he got to the NFL, I think. But I'm like, oh, uh, mm. Terrell Pryor? Well, no, Terrell goes back. With a day Braxton Miller? Somebody. Oh, yeah, Braxton Miller. Yeah, yeah. So Ohio State's been one step short of that NFL. Um, excuse me, that uh, national championship, uh, Joe Burrow might have been the man to tackle there if uh, they'd realized what they had. Don't maybe. know, but. Or maybe he, he got better when he went somewhere else and, you know, system fit. Oh, that's, yeah, fit him a little he, bit better he, somewhere else. Even at LSU, he wasn't Joe Burrow right off the bat. I mean, that, no, he wasn't. That I, I like to, and a lot of people do, like to kind of laugh at that hit that he took from UCF in the Fiesta Bowl. I thought it was Florida on the interception. Did he take mm-hmm. two? Maybe it was two. I'm I I'm thinking of one in the bowl game against UCF. Uh and he got absolutely clocked on the pick six. And it, it's like ever since he got clocked on that pick six, he's just been amazing. <laughs> so uh I I guess he needs to credit the UCF defender that clocked him for his career because he's been amazing since that point. It was like the movie Rookie yeah. of the Year when when the guy breaks his arm and then when he breaks it, uh, he's throwing, you know, 100 miles per hour in Major League. It was like Joe Burrow <laughs> when he got hurt, it triggered something in his brain to turn him into Tom Brady of college football. Yep. Yeah, and, uh, well, he got hurt, you know, like his rookie year and was having a pretty good season, but what he came back this year and done was, well, Kind of like his second season at LSU. He just uh, – he's fun to watch. Of course, he's got the weapons. There's no doubt about that. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got some guys he can hum that ball down the field to. But I was talking about the uh, transfer, or excuse me, the walk-on program stuff, and I was just looking online there this morning. These guys that come in, you know, uh, maybe Shuler may have never played quarterback here, but I mean, he was a scholarship, <clears throat> excuse me, quarterback, and uh, the tight end at UCF was a scholarship player. Uh, these guys are not just, you know, you had a caller wanting to know the difference between walk-on preferred walk-on. Especially if you take guys that are in-state, maybe they weren't in-state where they were playing previously, but they're in-state people, so they qualify for, you know, some uh, state money and different things that can certainly help them finance their own programming. What's to prevent with this NIL, when you get to numbers, uh, somebody getting paid enough to just walk out? Nothing right now, Don. <laughs> Nothing right now. There's no regulation uh, for that right now. That's why it's important to be subtle. Hour three. Coming up on the Swain event. 865-255-03. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Appreciate Don joining us on the Iris Networks Hotline. 90 days, no payment for business internet. IrisNetworksUSA.com. Stay with us. <laughs> 